What's going on, guys? Austin here, and in this video, we are going to be taking a look at Overreaction Monday on Tuesday. For all these games, should the team worry? Should they sell the team, or is it no big deal? We're going to start with Thursday Night Football, where we always take a look at, we're looking, should the Packers start to tank? They dropped to the Titans 27-17, and they're now 4-7 and on the season. Technically, they're still in the playoff hunt, but... Being third place in the NFC North with only one divisional win, things aren't looking great. Now, Rodgers had a typical-looking Rodgers day, uh, you know, low-volume yards, touchdowns, no picks. But there's just something lacking on this team. There's no, there's no power to the offense. There's no consistency to the offense, and there's certainly no uh, consistency on the defense as well. Now, the Packers have... Uh, their own first round pick this year. You know, a lot of a lot of the teams that are really bad don't, um, but the Packers do. And so for that reason, what I'm going to say is I think they absolutely should work on a tank. I mean, they could they could seriously change the fortunes of their franchise. And it's not something that you want to see with a 39 year old quarterback. But remember back when I think it was 2017, Drew Brees was like 37 years old. And the Saints just had a home run draft class. And that propelled them to like three, four consecutive 13 and three seasons. I think the Packers can do that. They really feel like a draft away or they feel like a coach away. But that's my opinion. Now, the Rams, they lost 27 to 17 to the Saints. Stafford suffered a second concussion. So should the Rams also tank? Now, like the teams that we were talking about earlier, um, you know, teams that are not good, that don't have a first-round pick. The Rams are the most prominent of those teams, mostly because they're coming off of a Super Bowl defense. See, now there are going to be teams where, uh, you know, they're not going to get as criticized as the Rams are because for some reason, you know, the Rams actually having success is more of a blight on this season uh, than other teams never having success. So like the Denver Broncos giving up first-round picks for Russell Wilson and being awful. For some reason, it's not the same. Uh, let's see what other teams don't have their first round pick. Now, the Cleveland Browns don't have their first round pick. But I mean, the reason they're bad is, you know, because the re they gave up their first round picks for the equivalent of nothing through the first 11 games. So that's a different story. But uh, so far, their defense looks bad. They've been giving they've been giving up, you know, some awful, awful scores, a lot of points. And they've also not been able to score. Now, this week. They got off to a pretty decent start. Stafford threw two touchdowns and 150 yards before he went out with his second concussion of the season. Uh, Matthew Stafford is not getting any younger. He's 34, 35 years old. And while the Rams don't have a first-round pick, they do have a second-rounder that's going to be, you know, pick 36, 38, somewhere around in there. Like, they should absolutely tank. And I wouldn't be surprised if in the offseason they looked to move on from expensive guys who they can't quite necessarily uh, keep for the future of the team, like a Jalen Ramsey or, uh, you know, moving on from a, a Leonard Floyd. Now, the commanders, they cruise past the Texans. Uh, 23 to 10. It was worse than this because I'm pretty sure it was 20 to 20 to 3. Um, halfway through the fourth quarter, but 
My question, is Taylor Heineke the luckiest quarterback in the league? The man had a spot start against Brady in the playoffs and basically came down to, like, uh, a two-point conversion that he got, like, tackled on the entry-yard line. It was something like that uh, and ended up losing the game. But this guy has the worst stats I've ever seen from a quarterback that just refuses to lose games. Like, against against the, the Eagles the other week, he had, like, 170 yards and the commanders just dominated the Eagles this week. He had, you know, 191 yards um, and like, I'm like no touchdowns, no, but like literally just nothing. And for some reason with Taylor Heineke in the game, the rest of the Washington franchise just decided to get their thumb out of their butt and start playing well, which infuriates me as somebody who is a Carson Wentz defender, because I know he is the best quarterback in this building. And yet, for some reason, the offensive line and the defensive line, as soon as Taylor Taylor Heineke gets in there, they're just like, oh, we're just going to play better. Like, it's it's literally it's literally the Tom Brady effect where, where this guy will get on the roster and all of a sudden the defense is just like, you know what? I think we're going to start making clutch sacks. And it's like, they just, oh, he steps on the field. He makes everybody play better. He makes the defense play better. That's Taylor Heineke. He's the luckiest quarterback in the league. And as far as I'm concerned, he's on his way to seven Super Bowls because there's nothing that there's nothing that can stop luck. Nothing that can stop luck besides a bunch of sacks and early retirement. Now, the Cowboys, they crushed the Vikings 40 to three. The Vikings just took their second loss of the season, but they have a negative point differential. Only two losses. Are the Vikings frauds? Kirk Cousins, awful performance. Davin Cook, not bad, all things considered. Nobody else on the uh, Vikings offense showed up, and certainly nobody on the Vikings defense showed up, but they certainly weren't given, given any favors. Now, are the Vikings frauds? I don't think so. But as far as I'm concerned, I think that teams that win a lot of close games are more prepared to win close games, like the Rams were last year. But the Vikings don't quite have the full uh, stacked complement of players that the Rams did last year. And they don't have a non-negotiable. Like Dallas, Dallas has a non-negotiable. Like our defense is going to crush you. You know, you, you might score some points, but there is going to be a critical drive and we are going to stop you. You know, the, the 49ers, they have a non-negotiable. It's you can't stop our run game. Like you, like, for your life, you cannot stop our run game. That's a non-negotiable. Kansas City, non-negotiable. Somebody's always open. There's always a receiver open downfield when you need them to be open. Like Andy Reid, he he does voodoo. He does he does Doctor Strange level level magic where, you know, he's gonna do the little sling ring and open up the portal, and then somebody's just gonna disappear and then open up somewhere else. I don't think the Vikings have that. They've got Justin Jefferson, and they've got Adam Thielen, and they've got Dalvin Cook, and they've got TJ Hawkinson. And I like Kirk Cousins. But their offensive line, and so far the scheme, hasn't quite facilitated a non-negotiable anything on offense. Now, the Patriots had a punt return for a touchdown to beat the Jets in the final 30 seconds of the game. I was watching this game uh, with my buddy who's a Jets fan, and it was just infuriating watching the Jets offense do absolutely nothing for four whole quarters. And then on the final drive of the game, they played for overtime. Like 
Like they were, they literally handed the football off with like a minute and 30 seconds left, like rolled the clock out, went all the way down to like 42 seconds, handed the football off again. And then with 31 seconds left, punted the football and gave up that touchdown. The, the jets were averaging. I think it was like, it was like two inches per play in the second half. Zach Wilson had 77 passing yards and it's not like the defense was just sacking him like crazy. And, and, and there was just pressure everywhere. Like Zach Wilson was missing check downs and, and out routes to the sideline. Like, how do you miss a check down on every possession? And it's just, if I was a Jets fan, I would personally find this guy's house and I would kill him because as, as much as you spent a second round or not a second round pick, but a second overall pick on him, nobody cares. Like Joe Flacco is better today than Zach Wilson might ever be. Yes. Sell him. Sell him anywhere. I don't care. The Eagles, they cut it close again. Uh, they beat the Colts 17 to 16, but this time they had a comeback victory. So I like the Eagles a little bit more for that, but I'm not going to talk about the Eagles. What I want to know more about is, is Jeff Saturday fixing the Colts culture? See, now they were actively looking like they were tanking. And in their last two weeks, they have had a great defensive performance and their, their running back, their feature bell cow has been getting the carries that he deserves. I like what Saturday is doing, and I don't know if he's ever going to be the full-time option at head coach. But I think he might have a serious role on the coaching staff moving forward if he wants it. I do believe that the Colts are better today with Jeff Saturday than they were with Frank Reich. Even though I think Frank Reich is a great coach, I'm not saying Saturday is better than him. I'm just saying I think Saturday has a message that's getting across. Now, the Ravens, they just they barely snuck past the Panthers 13 to three. This 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 game made me so upset because the Ravens, they're on no planet. Should the Ravens off a bye be scoring only 13 points against the Panthers? Do they need a drastic change? Now, the, now I've, I've talked about they, they need a new offensive coordinator. I've talked about they just need to sell the farm and get Lamar some weapons. I mean, some guy named, you know, Robinson, some probably undrafted XFL free agent is getting 130 yards. Mark Andrews is out for like three weeks and all of a sudden they're, they're like fifth round pick tight end. Isaiah likely has been getting just as much production. Their running backs are still averaging like their feature running backs are still averaging like 40 yards a game, which is just ridiculous. And literally if Lamar Jackson doesn't have a stellar game, the Ravens, the Ravens can't have stellar performances. Like it's just impossible. I think they need a new offensive coordinator. I think they need to pay Lamar. And I think they obviously need some wide receivers. They have no hope of winning in the playoffs or winning. Forget a Super Bowl, let alone, you know, a divisional round game in this AFC with as pathetic as they are on the offensive coaching staff, as well as on the offensive weapons. Now, Sunday Night Football, the Chiefs come back on the Chargers in a 30-27 victory. Are the 8-2 Chiefs Super Bowl destined? It's definitely seemed like it. What we've seen so far this season is that the Chiefs have 
had this amazing knack at at just winning games. They have two losses. One of them is to the Colts and one of them is to the Bills. So big, tough teams that can slow you down and bully you. You're gonna have you're gonna have a very difficult time uh, if you're the Chiefs beating those teams. We saw what the Titans did. They took them to overtime, even though they didn't have a first down in the second half with a backup quarterback, mind you. And the Bills, you know, one of the you know one of the most physically imposing teams in the league. And the the Colts on the same side. I mean, you got Jonathan Taylor on one side, and you have Shaquille Leonard on the other side. Are they Super Bowl destined? I don't know. I'm going to say it's time to worry, but there's, I just, I don't believe in them being able to fully complete a football game start to finish. If they get into a a match in the playoffs against a team like say Cleveland, if Cleveland makes the playoffs or Baltimore and they, and they meet up, it's going to be very difficult for the chiefs to get a lead back on either of those teams. And then the 49ers, they blitzed the Cardinals, just pure domination, 38 to 10. It was close at first, but then, I mean, the the second and third quarters, the 49ers just absolutely put the hammer down. Jimmy Garoppolo had four touchdowns. CMC did what he does. You know, he had seven, seven targets or seven catches, rather, seven carries and over 100 yards. Kittle, he's looking like the second best tight end in the league, you know, the guy that you know, was the best tight end in the league before he got hurt. And, and you know, on the other side, I mean, the Cardinals didn't have their starting quarterback. Like, what do you, what do you expect them to do? You know, DeAndre Hopkins, nine receptions, 91 yards. I mean, that's, that's okay for him. But are the 49ers the best team in the league? They're on a three-game winning streak. They have the best, the best top-down roster in the NFL, you know, between – Nick Bosa and Fred Warner and Trent Williams. And I mean, not to mention their offensive skill players. They've got uh, uh, Traverius Ward. And then their offensive skill players. I mean, literally their worst offensive skill player is Brandon Ayuk, who was a second round pick touted as, you know, one of the most like carry a team on his back guys out of Arizona State. Because you think, well, I mean, they've got, you know, They've got all pro Debo. They've got, you know, all pro Kittle. They've got all pro Christian McCaffrey. They've got just all pro Kyle Juszczyk. Unbelievably stacked roster. It's feeling like the the Super Bowl is going to come down to the 49ers and the Chiefs. Rematches, they're not bad, especially when the quarterbacks stay the same, the coaches stay the same. It's always interesting to see that. So, Thanks for watching this video, guys. Be sure to like and subscribe. Let me know what you think in the comments down below and stay up to date on all of our future content.